This is Lady Tiffany Ma, and this is These Walls Are Thin. I hope you guys had a lovely weekend. I did. Um, but I will say this. The word for this year, period, <laughs> is discernment. I'm hearing a lot of stories, especially around this time of year. People join in the scam, you know, because they're pathetic and, you know, they ain't got nothing else to do but be pathetic. But there's a lot of people going around here. There are Joanne that's scamming you. And I'm not sitting up here not showing you empathy because I too was Joanne the scam this year. And the reason I bring it up is because I try to give people chances to show that they're not trash. But trash is as trash does. And once you realize that somebody's trash... You just go ahead and call the sanitation people and carry their ass out and put them on a curb. So that is how I feel. But I want y'all to understand so y'all won't be like my dumb ass and think that everybody has a good heart. Use discernment. I don't care if the guy say he's Jesus Christ superstar. Still question why they're asking you for money. I've come to conclusion that if somebody asks you for money to do something and they're not going to give you the tools to get certified or they're not going to give you the tools to register your business or whatever have you, don't give them no money. They ain't shit. They ain't going to ever be shit. They ain't nobody. Just be careful with who. It's so many people walking around here right now during this holiday season. Asking you for money that you need. For a service you need. Or you think you need. And I want you to understand that if it's not recognized by law as certified. There's your end of scamming you. Which is crazy because the basis of this podcast is going to be based off the original Joanne the Scammers. Oh, you know what I mean. So during this holiday season... Is somebody offering you a quotation mark deal? You ain't going to get nothing. They sit up there and lie to you and say you'll be making 10 times as much as you paid to do that service or do whatever service they're offering you. They're lying. Just be careful, okay? Everybody out here hungry and nobody wants to, nobody wants to admit they are stealing from the starving. So it is what it is. It was what it was. Use discernment, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care if the ad has a picture of Joe Biden personally on it. I don't care if Kamala Harris is sitting up there in the picture. Use the spirit of discernment. People around here selling lessons on how to sell the sweet out of sugar. You can't sell the sweet out of sugar. There's no such thing. Know the difference. And by the way, I had a 50% sale on Black Friday on unicorn horns. With that being said, With that, <laughs> with that being said, before I talk about today's topic, with this, it's the 
full form truth of what happened on Thanksgiving, girl. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, for some reason, black and brown people, we just so nice to white folks. You know, we just sit up there, we give them a whole plate of food. But when it comes to specifically black people, I can't say that about brown people. Um, Our own people will need a plate of food and we'll sit up there and tell them what they need to do. You need to get a job. You need to do this. You need to do that. But I'm not giving you a plate of food. I don't care if you ain't ate since last Wednesday. You can work. You can get a job. You got working hands. But for some reason, when people of the caucasity of it all come to your dinner, you have all the food in the world to eat. This is talking about people who all they want to do was sit down and break bread and be nice and be friendly. And then they turn around and kill these poor souls out the kindness of their heart. They sit up there and let you eat at their table and you stab them. So we're going to be talking about... Uh, White people fucking over Native Americans. Uh, and I don't know if y'all looked at my Beagle page, but I am low-key protesting. I'm not protesting Thanksgiving because Lord knows I've been craving dressing for three months. But I'm protesting Columbus Day. Um, my avatar is Pocahontas. Pocahontas is my favorite Disney princess, okay? Because I, when I was growing up, when I was a child, my Disney princess was Pocahontas. And I was a little black girl that believed the good in everybody. This is how she got Joanne to scam at 31 years old. Because I want to believe there's good in everybody. Well, these poor Native Americans thought that these white folks had a good heart. And they hurt these people to the core. So we'll be talking about that. And no, I'm not race baiting. I'm just telling you facts. Race baiting is when you sit up here and you make it a black and native. I'm not black. You make it a white and Native American thing. But I want to talk about breaking bread and getting stabbed in the back. Because some of y'all going to experience that this Thanksgiving. Because literally people ain't nothing but a shit emoji. And just understand you ain't the first to get your back stabbed on Thanksgiving. And you're not going to be the last to get your back stabbed on Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about what originally happened on the first Thanksgiving. But before we do that, we're going to get into some stories about people stabbing you in the back. Or people putting ads out there to get you to get stabbed, if you know what I mean. Because, you know, you don't want to die from COVID. And we got some old stories about the wild weekend. It seemed like everybody wanted to die this weekend. I don't know why. Somebody done ransacked a doggone uh, expensive store. <laughs> I can't think of the store, but when we get when we cross that bridge, when we get there, I would I would specifically know which store it is. So before we get into the original backstabbers of the world, we're going to get into today's backstabbing. So I hope you guys had a good weekend. I hope y'all don't try to kill each other for some sales. And I hope those who want turkey for Thanksgiving got turkey for Thanksgiving. Um, I, from my understanding, I heard that turkey was $55. I heard a Joanne the Scammer was giving out turkeys this weekend. But you know, you didn't hear from me. 
Um, this first story is from TNZ underscore TV. Um, it says several frozen vials marked smallpox. How ironic, because that's one of the ways they used to kill the Native Americans. Have been discovered by a lab worker cleaning out a fridge in Pennsylvania. However, there are two very unsettling parts of this very surprising discovery. I don't know what it is. Um, I guess you have to go to Team Z to find out. So, yeah, somebody has vials with smallpox in it, which is ironic. That's what they did to Native Americans. They used to infect their stuff with smallpox and try to kill them. Next story is from BallerAlert.com. Its contributor is Raquel Harris, and it says a month-long prostitution ring that involved local Florida spas has shut down. Now, I am going to do an in-depth, um, in-depth, <laughs> it's like I said, in-depth, an in-depth, um, conversation about how some people are using spas and nail salons as sex trafficking areas. Um, because I'm going to talk about this article I found from a nail technician in Texas where they specifically have set rules now about what they do in their spas and their salons. Um, so this is not too far-fetched. I'm going to go ahead and read this article, but I am definitely going to do an in-depth conversation and in-depth um, podcast talking about this trash. Um, it says... A month-long prostitution rink in Florida that involves several spas has been brought to an end. On Wednesday, Florida and Panama City officials announced the results of their investigation into a six-month-old prostitution scheme. Over the past month, we have become aware of human trafficking issues that have been taking place inside our city and county involving massage parlors, says Panama City Police Department Interim Chief Mark Smith during the news conference. Oh, Lord. <laughs> says we had folks that were actually going to these look looking and seeking legitimate massages that came out feeling that there was human trafficking going on inside the business continued smith the location smith is referring to includes six local spas the cozy spa panama beach spa lily spa and massage oasis spa oasis massage i'm sorry emma spa blossom massage and john spa WJHG7 reports. The business and some of its workers and owners are now facing prostitution charges. I want to go back a little bit to um, something that happened this year. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's okay to what happened to those Asian women. It's not okay. Um, it's just what happened when you pleasure the wrong type of dude. That's what happened in that situation. But it was a warning to the spa to stop giving out happy endings. Um, so y'all know back during this summer, there was a situation where somebody of the caucasity of it all went to a spa in Atlanta and shot it up because they didn't want to give him any more happy endings. Now, they can say they don't do that. They can say they don't roll that way. But um, I was listening to this astrologer, one of my favorite astrologers on YouTube, named Rabina Rastabon. She did an interview with the guy, and he was talking about his sexual experience. And basically, it wasn't normal, which I don't think anything normal has come from my generation. Which is weird. Um, but he was talking about how he went to the Atlanta spa that was shot up. That was one of the spas he went to that used to give him happy endings. And like I said, I'm not blaming those women, those Asian women who were shot at and killed. Nobody deserved to die because you give a happy ending, but sometimes you give the wrong type of man a happy ending and he'll go crazy just because you won't give him another happy ending. Um, so this is a, a real issue. 
I have another story I want to talk to y'all about, but we're going to do a whole podcast on sex trafficking and, and spas. So y'all stay tuned. This, this happened in Florida. I heard about two cases in Texas and the situation that happened in, happened in Atlanta. So that's not far from me. So we're going to talk about that um, on a later date. We just try to finish this year out loud, have mercy. <laughs> we, we're trying to finish this year out. But we'll be talking about that on a later date. And I don't want to ruin nobody's holiday talking about weird stuff. Um, so, yeah. Next story is from the neighborhood talking. It says, former Baltimore County officer kidnapped and allegedly killed daughters in armed robbery. Female cop accomplished dead as well. It says, according to CBS Baltimore, Robert Vacasa, his six and seven-year-old daughters, Amina and Gianna, and Sergeant Tia Bynum were found dead of gunshot wounds inside a sport utility vehicle. Robert had been running since Monday after he allegedly attacked his estranged wife at Pennsylvania home. He took her captive and left with their daughters as well. Authorities believe he was getting assistance from Tia Bynum, a Baltimore County sergeant, police sergeant. She was a close friend of his and was suspected was suspended in response to her involvement in the case. While the man was on the run, her ass was allegedly helping him out. She became part of the investigation after his phone was traced to her home. I kid you not, this how the article was written. It said her ass. Um, it says, this is where it's just sad. Robert and Tia concocted this plan to literally do the most horrific thing to his estranged wife at her home. These two sick people drugged her, tied her up, and left her in the house for hours according to the tort documents. Both children were home while this was going on. Robert and Tia then left with the girls. <sighs> Maryland State Police spokesperson Alina Russo Said Pennsylvania State Police began a pursuit Thursday afternoon for a car that matched the description of a suspect vehicle. The vehicle ran off the road and into the fence line. They couldn't see inside due to a thick lawyer of a thick lawyer of soap, a thick lawyer of smoke in the interior. When the officers opened the door, they found a female driver in the front and three passengers, a man and two children in the back, all with apparent gunshot wounds. So you just kill the two little girls like they were going to say something. Why don't y'all just kill yourself and you leave the kids alone? And also while y'all were at it, y'all could have just left the wife alone and just ran away with each other. But you know, you psychopaths don't think like that. Because you're so bitter and you're so miserable that you got to take everybody out with you because you're that bitter and that miserable. The man, woman, and one child were pronounced dead at the scene. The second child was transported to Meredith Medical Center in Hagertown where she was pronounced dead. This don't make no sense. <laughs> I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what is in the holiday water. But for some strange reason, y'all decide to act a duck during the holiday season. And this right here, first and foremost, they could have left the two little girls out of it. And if y'all want to run away and be with each other, go ahead and do so. But you didn't have to, you didn't have to kill the wife. And you'd have to kill the two little girls. You two psychopaths could have just simply ran away and not told nobody where y'all were at. Ain't like y'all are doing the two little girls a favor. This next story has to do with the Stephen. You see what I'm saying? There's a, people stabbing your back before dinner. This is from v103.com, and it says, Gwinnett County Schools update mask policy for spring semester. It says, starting in January, masks will only be required in areas of substantial or high community transmission. If the transmission is at a moderate level for two consecutive weeks, the district will move, will, will move to strongly 
recommend masks. Masks will still be required on school buses as part of the federal mandate. I guess they don't have COVID in Gwinnett County. Now, I have a story about Julius Jones, but once again, I'll give him his own podcast. Because uh, they still screwed this man over. Like, yeah, he's not going to be executed, but they gave him life without parole, and that's as bad as a death sentence. And so, we'll talk about this later. Um... I know we're in Sag season, but we're going to be looking. Uh, this is a Scorpio season thing. Um, I found this on the Jasmine brand, and it said, y'all, remember, y'all know if you know who this person is. This is Sophia Eurista. She was the band leader that thought it was okay to urinate on a fan. Okay. She apologizes after urinating on a male fan during a concert. She said, I pushed the limit too far. Well, long story short, I mean, he didn't move. Says so Sophia Eurista is the front woman of the New York-based cover band Brass Against. The songwriter and singer was also a contestant on the season 11 of The Voice in 2016. While performing at the music festival in Daytona on November 11th, she told the crowd she needed to relieve herself. She then brought a male fan onto the stage and instructed him to lie down before urinating on him as she performed a rendition of Rage Against the Machine, Wake Up. She later apologized for her accent. She wrote on social media, Hey everyone, I want to speak to my performance at Rockville Metal Festival in Daytona. I have always pushed the limits on music and on stage. That night, I pushed the limit too far. So it's either you freaking get demons killing you or you get pissed on at festivals these days. So he didn't know. In other asshole news, this is from the Neighborhood Talk, and it says Zach Stacy arrested after being up ex-girlfriend, but they let him out and he got a 10K bond. I think what he did to her was attempted murder. That was attempted murder to me. Um, I mean, cause you're big over there and you're dragging this woman. You're beating her. And other toxic masculinity news over in the neighborhood talk. It says man stabs 30 year old woman in the back at Bronx subway station after she ignored him when he hit on her. said according to the daily mail the incident happened wednesday evening the woman and her friend 28 had just got off the northbound train at the jackson avenue stop in the district of the south bronx authorities said a man on the platform walker all over walker over to the two women and started hitting on them but both of the ladies paid him dust it said the whack-ass man got his feelings and pulled a knife out and slashed the woman in the back he then quickly jumped on one of the trains. The woman was left with wounds in two to three inch deep. Mm. See, I don't agree with that. That that's how guys are now. Okay, and some more COVID news. Um, hmm. This is from BallerAlert.com. The contributor is Pistol Whipka. And it said, Rockman Dunbar leaves 911 over COVID-19 vaccine requirements. It says, 911 star Rockman Dunbar is no longer part of the cast due to new regulations requiring him to get the vaccine. Dunbar decided to depart from Fox hit police and medical drama 911 over the requirement for cast and crew, as since reported. Let's be honest. Is it really because of that or we're trying to lower the Negro count on the cast? Because y'all just gave Angela Bassett a raise. So are y'all saying because y'all gave Angela Bassett a raise, you don't want to shell out any more money to him? 
let's just call a spade a spade here. The actors cite multiple reasons for not taking the vaccine, which include both religious and medical reasons. However, he's still denied by Disney TV Studio 2020 of television, the show production company. Sources close to the matter say that one on one, no one on set knows Nabar to necessarily be an anti-vaxxer, but he has repeatedly refused to comply with the mandate. I applied for religious and medical accommodation pursuant to the law and unfortunately was denied by employer Dunbar told deadline. My sincerely held belief in private medical history are very private and personal aspects of my life that I do not publicly discuss and have no desire to start now. I've been an actor in this business for 30 years, but my greatest roles are as a husband and a father to our four small children. I find this to be uh, unfortunate. So, another story I will be talking about on its own is the missing uh, Chinese um, tennis player. That whole story is suspicious. I will give her her own story as well. Um, unfortunately, again, this weekend, another unarmed person was attacked. This is from BallAlert.com, and it says, a new video shows a Pennsylvania teen has been hands up when he was fatally shot by state police. A new video shows that a Chinese-American teenager who was fatally shot by the Pennsylvania state police last year had his hands up in the air when troopers opened fire. The new footage has prompted calls for an independent investigation. But the video, which the state police record show recorded, I'm sorry, show the final moments of Christian Hall's life. Hall 19 had been diagnosed with depression and was standing on the ledge of a highway overpass near Strasburg in northeastern Pennsylvania on December 30th when troopers arrived on the scene. They tried to persuade him to get down from the ledge, but then noticed he had a gun, which was later confined to be a realistic pellet gun. They backed away, NBC reported. Monroe County District Attorney previously released video that showed the man raising his hand in the air with the gun in one hand at the after the trooper fired bullets that struck the bridge. This is unfortunate. But he did have a weapon, but I'm not excusing it because he did have his hands up to where he wasn't doing anything. But okay. And other news, like I said, um, I don't envy people no more. People are always walking around here acting like they have something. They really don't have nothing. Um, this is from It's On Site, and its contributor is Shady Porter. It says, New York jeweler that is still employed Mayweather for almost 400K served his girlfriend with papers. The jeweler suing Floyd Mayweather for almost a half a million dollars was finally able to serve him with court documents by having someone stake out his mansion and give their papers to his girlfriend, Radar reports. Eric and company trading was $389,550 plus attorney fees from 50 said he let him take some items from their pop-up shop with the promise he paid later, but they claim he never coughed up the dough. Mayweather allegedly took several Cartier diamond bracelets, a $34,000 diamond necklace, three sizable white gold pieces, a $20,000 diamond emerald cut butterfly necklace, and a diamond tennis necklace, and a $42,000 diamond ring. The company hired a process server to stake out Floyd's place in Florida for a few days. His first attempt at knocking on the door went unanswered, but on November 6th, he was able to serve the papers to a woman who opened the door. She is unnamed in the document, but referred to as 32-year-old possible girlfriend with dark hair and eyes. <sighs> yeah, you balling out of control, I see. The next story is about D-Wade and his outside cheer. It's from the neighborhood talk and it says D Wade said it's challenging not living with his youngest son, Xavier. It's my job to make sure he never has to carry that weight. Just um 
Dwayne Wade doesn't usually speak out about his youngest son publicly until now. He opened up about the challenges that come from parenting his eight-year-old son, Xavier Zachariah, in his new memoir, Dwayne. Xavier doesn't live with me, so we don't get to see each other every day like I do with my other kids. Wait a second. It makes things challenging at times, but it's my job to make sure he never has to carry that weight. It's up to me to make sure he knows he's being raised with love and even if we don't live under the same roof way it continues and it's up to me to let no, let him know that while distance may physically separate us at times i'm always going to be the man he can depend on to love him and to help him lead him he added what i've come to learn over my life is that the fatherhood is a monolith image that looks the same in every household each relationship is different all i'm concerned about with xavier is him always knowing he's loved I have no opinion on this. People just fake as fuck. Like, I mean, to me, that's a child. A child shouldn't have to understand why he's an outside child, okay? And he's going to know his whole life that he's an outside child. And you're treating him like he's an outside child. That's all. This next story comes from BallerAlert.com. And once again, I do not envy those who sit up there and portray a certain thing. It says, Gucci gang better have my money. And it says, Little Pump owes the IRS $1.6 million in taxes. This was blogged by Kate Subject Rao. And it says, Little Pump is in hot water, hot water with the IRS after he was revealed that he owes over $1.6 million in unpaid taxes. The Gucci Gang rapper rose to fame in 2017 with the release of a widely popular single. Single, the record was Pump's highest chart record, peaking, peaking at number three on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, and was later certified five times platinum by the RAA. However, the young star obviously has no plans of giving the IRS their cut of his master earning. New legal docs unveiled that Pump is at risk of losing his $5 million Miami mansion as the agency has now placed a lien on it. The 21-year-old purchased the lavish home shortly after the release of his sophomore album, Harvard Dropout, which peaked at number seven on the U.S. Billboard 200. If Pump fails to clear up the $1.6 million debt, the IRS would seize the five-bedroom, 5,100-square-foot 5 property. In April, Pump was accused of owing $90,000 in back taxes from 2019. However, he slammed these claims at the time. So how did he go from owing $90,000 to now owing $1.6,000 in taxes? Huh? Yeah. This next story is re-damn ridiculous. <laughs> It's from it'sonsite.com. It's contributed is Nayara, and it says new mom revealed her 50k hospital bill for baby birth in viral video. It says a woman has revealed the hospital bill for her child's birth. Luckily, she is covered by insurance and had to come up with near $250 of the large sum. However, this shed light on a more significant issue at hand as when TikTok user commented, you shouldn't even have to pay $250. America is a joke. The video uploaded by Shannon Meyer has more than 8 million views with over 90,000 comments sorry, of TikTok users who can relate while some people are outraged. The video caption, I wasn't expecting the total to be that high while the text in the video reads, holy shit. You guys, I just got our hospital bill for the baby's birth. The video cut to the hospital bill, which shows a total of $50,816.02. However, she is only responsible for paying $250 after her insurance covered the majority of this payment. If her insurance didn't cover the TikToker, she would have been responsible for spending over $50,000 to deliver her baby. In the comments section, a woman revealed who her insurance provider was. This Blue Cross Blue Shield PPO in California, and I got it through my old job, she added. We had a few complications. Still get sad that I didn't have the birth I hoped for, but I'm so grateful for my healthy baby. TikTok users flooded the comment section as one person commented, so banning abortion, but then charging to have the baby. 
Another TikTok user wrote, what? Here in the Philippines, it only costs like five to ten, five to twenty dollars. What are they charging y'all that much for? Air? I'm gonna I'm not gonna defend this, but I think I know what they're charging for. Um, they're charging for her having a baby in the hospital that is lacking rooms for people, which I don't understand how they're lacking rooms for people to have babies in since nobody is really having babies like that. But there are people having babies. Don't get me wrong. But understand that we are in a pandemic and I am a firm believer that they use some of those empty rooms for uh, COVID-19 patients. So they're charging you a whole lot for the room because of we're in a pandemic, quotation marks. Um, but it shouldn't cost you that much to have a baby. You're saying that you're punishing someone for doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is bringing life into this world. And then when the population go down, y'all going to get mad and say, why there's no babies? Well, nobody wants to pay $50,000 to give birth to a child. This next story is also from, well, no, it's from ballalert.com. Um, and its contributor is Honey Grip. And it says, beauty consultant arrested for fatal botched butt injections. Y'all still getting those? It says, a Houston area beauty consultant was charged with manslaughter for performing unlicensed silicone butt injections that killed a woman. 47-year-old Lisa Fernandez was arrested on Tuesday for her involvement in the death of a 38-year-old Marha McClendon. McClendon died days after visiting Fernandez at her apartment in 2018. The self-described beauty consultant administered Ill Ill illegal silicone injections incorrectly with a syringe. McClendon, who traveled from St. Louis, Missouri, was in pain and feeling sick after her first round of injections on April 24, 2018, but returned the following day to receive her second round of injections after Fernandez flatly refused to refund her. McClendon had trouble breathing and started coughing up blood before she was taken into a local emergency room. There's some things you just don't skip out on doing. Um, there's some things you just don't skip out on doing. On, on a penny on, you know. One thing is is um, plastic surgery, okay? Don't ever get anything for cheap with dealing with putting something in your body, regardless if it's an organ or if it's some injections. If you're going to get plastic surgery, make sure you play, pay a pretty penny for that. Um, don't be doing these back alley injections because you don't know what they're doing and you don't know how it's going to affect you. So you have to be careful with that. Um, I'm, I, I can't believe people are still doing it because I thought by now, we, uh, since we had people that flew us out during the pandemic, we should at least have somebody that pay for our injections. The next story is from Neighborhood Talk, and it says a nine-year-old puts the paws on a robber who attacked her mother. So according to the Miami Herald, Journey Nelson received a medal and certificate for her actions from the local police department. This attack happened outside of the Sable Tropical Supermarket, 511 Broadway Avenue on November 2nd. Surveillance footage shows Danielle Mobley and her daughter walking up to their car in the parking lot, a man who police later identified as 29-year-old Demetrius Jackson stand nearby. He suddenly run his broke ass <laughs> and mobbly. Why is she putting her groceries away and tackle her to the ground? Somebody just can't hold their tongue over here at the uh, neighborhood talk, honey. They just tell it like it is. Um... And mobbly, why is she putting her groceries away and tackles her to the ground? There's a struggle for her purse and Journey runs around the car to help her mom, punching the man in the face. Girl, you go ahead. You're going to need that with these toxic ass sons these bitches are raising. Um, It says there's a struggle for her where it says the suspect then pushed Journey to the ground and that's when Danielle let go of her purse and T took off. 
Journey chased after him. She actually jumped up and chased him four houses down the block with me chasing her, calling her back, her mom said during the news conference. He ended up hopping a fence but was caught two days later. That little girl is about that life. You robbed the wrong bitch. <laughs> that little girl was like, <laughs> that's dangerous though. I wouldn't encourage my child to chase somebody because he could have had a gun. He could have hurt her. But she was about that life. She was like, uh-uh. What, what you ain't going to do is rob my mama. <laughs> but like I said, you know, whatever's in that purse is not worth her life being lost. Um, Thank God she was able to get out safely. Then the next story is from Lizzo. Um, it's not from Lizzo. It is from Lizzo, but it says it's from It's On Sight. It says Lizzo admit that talking about being plus size has become exhausting. Says we should be neutral about bodies. I'm just contributing to the story is Nayara. And it says one thing about Lizzo is she's going to be unapologetic in everything she does. The good as hell singer recently graced the cover of Essence in the magazine triple cover for their November, December issue to under three women embodying radical soap care. Throughout the years, Lizzo has been known for her flattering, for flat flaunting her body unapologetically while she gained divergent opinion from fans. However, the singer has made it clear that she merely confident in her skin as she continued on her self-love journey while encouraging others to embrace the skin they're in. The 33-year-old singer recently admit, admitted an interview with Essence that she will be taking a step back in regards to discussing specific topics. She mentioned that she doesn't want her platform to highlight plus-size black women, yet she wants to push people to look beyond the surface, ultimately prompting them to see the bigger picture, and she said it's exhausting. The star continued, and that's the point. I don't want to talk anymore about uh, in, about this anymore. We should be neutral about the bodies. Um, I love Lizzo. Don't get me wrong. I do love Lizzo. Um, but I do feel like she let her being a role model as a plus size woman mess up her journey on being a more healthy person um it's nothing wrong with having meat on your bones but it does get to the point to where it does to some people and some people in their cases to where it's unhealthy to have too much meat on their bones um and i understand what she's saying you know it's a it's a conflict with her because she was trying to get fit and she can't be on stage dancing and be unhealthy that's very important, but y'all get mad at people when they get thin, as y'all see Adele has gotten skinny, has gotten thinner. Now, I would say thinner, but Adele is still a healthy size, okay? So, she's not stick skinny. She's she just she just right. Um, and y'all been hating on Adele for wanting to get healthy. And I don't understand, you know, if somebody comes in the industry plus size, it, it's nothing wrong with them getting more healthy. Especially when they're on stage and they have to move and dance and do certain things. So, um, I understand what she's saying. But, you know, part of self-care is making sure you are healthy enough to be on stage to perform. Because we don't want you passing out and dying, girl. Because Lord knows, for some reason now at concerts, everybody want to die. Or everybody want to piss on someone. So two days ago, there was a, they thought it was an active shooter at an Atlanta airport. Okay. Long story short, it was an accidental, accidental discharge at the airport. So, I mean, at, I mean, in this video, y'all go to it's on site. It's on site. The video shows people basically frantic and of course it's disaster. But a gun discharge, but it wasn't an active shooter. So somebody brought a gun to the airport. And there's a lot of people. Oh, my God. That's awful. If you see the video, there are people on the floor. This caused so much hysteria. There are people on the floor. Um, they fail. The, uh, what you call the line guard thingies are on the ground. It's disaster, okay? Now, the news, there's a lot of news, but y'all understand, I take Friday off. 
but we're going to be doing something new on Friday. But I'll tell you after we talk about this. Um, it's um from the neighborhood talking. It says, what would you do? It says, the armor truck mistakenly spewed thousands of dollars on California Highway, causing frenzy. FBI asked for money back. Because America broke. <clears throat> it's contributor to this is Chile Floor. And it says, um, an armored truck door accidentally flew open on the San Diego Highway, causing thousands of dollars to fly on all over the interstate. Multiple people's got the car and picked up the money, spit, <clears throat> spread out miles on the highway. Now the FBI and California Highway Patrol is asking everyone to return the money ASAP. No. <laughs> we asked you to bring it to the office and Vista immediately. A California Highway Patrol spokesperson told Fox 5, I just want to give everyone a heads up that there's a lot of video evidence. The FBI is giving everyone who told them to, took the money from the truck 48 hours before they could possibly face criminal charges. Okay, but they're taxpayers, so that's their money anyway. <laughs> now, I find this to be some tragic news. And the reason I find this to be tragic, I find it to be tragic because I don't think she's going to be able to pay this back. Ah. And Carly, you can't be doing this, girl. Um, Not you owe a multi-million dollars at 50. Um, it's, This story is from BallAlert.com. It says, Carly Rae lands a multi-million dollar album deal with Legacy Records. So she's she is multi-million dollars in debt. Um, this was blogged by Stax Malone, and it says it looks like Love and Hip Hop star Carly Red will be giving us the album after all. The reality star has just signed a global multi-million dollar album deal with Legacy Records. Last Thursday, Carly celebrated the success with a dinner party at Atlanta Spice House restaurant. Carly is the first female signed to the label and will focus on her Caribbean roots in the upcoming album. Carly has already started working on the album and has been collaborating with the Queen of Dance Hall, Spice. In addition, Red is now also working with big names such as Dance Hall artists, producer DeMarco, producers Luke Nasty, Johnny Blaze, and Static. The cryptocurrency label CEO Keisha McLeod said she excited for Carly to join the team. Uh-huh, because that bitch owe you multi-million dollars. What intrigues me the most about Carly is her hustle and versatility. It's admiring because she truly understands the importance of diversity. There's a diversified skill set. She invests into a well-balanced portfolio while remaining both humble and hungry. She has already accomplished that of 10 women combined, and that tells me Carly is just getting started. I think she's just about to step into the most successful decade of her life, and I'm proud to support a strong woman who aims to help others do the same. Carla released a statement saying she believes Legacy is the best to handle her album since they do have female CEO. Keisha truly understands the vision of a female artist in the male-driven industry, Carly says. Girl, you have you a million dollars in debt. And they just they just screwed you in the ass. I hope you really are about to produce something fire, girl. Now, I want to talk about this story. There's a lot to talk about. I want to talk about this story, though, because it's important to me because I was wondering why um, but people were saying that she had type 2 diabetes. Um, it's about Tammy Roman. And I was trying to figure out why she looks so thin. The story is from the Neighborhood Talk, and it says um, Tammy Roman opens up about having type 2 diabetes and an eating disorder. She said, I started doing anything I could do to be possibly, well, to do, I started to do anything I could do to be as skinny as possible. Um, Basically, she said in the clip that, you know, she's, uh, because she yo-yo dieted, it affects her health, and now she has type 2 diabetes. Um, and that's a habit a lot of people have is we do yo-yo diet. We do one thing and we do another and then it messes with our health. Um, that concludes the stories for the day. Oh, yeah. The last story I want to talk about 
I found this on the Neighborhood Talk, and it says, California Nordstrom ransacked by 80 looters and ski masks with crowbars and weapons, police says. So according to CBS News, Walnut Creek Lieutenant Ryan Hibbs said the police has been receiving calls about looting around 9 p.m. He said there was approximately 80 individuals who ran into stores and began looting and smashing shelves. Over a dozen police vehicles showed up to the scene. Lieutenant Ryan said officers stopped one vehicle and arrested both suspect, a male and female, inside. The male was charged with robbery, possession of stolen property, conspiracy to commit burglary, and possession of burglary tools. The female was arrested for unlawful possession of a firearm. A third suspect was caught on foot and arrested. He was also charged with robbery, possession of stolen property, conspiracy to commit burglary, and possession of burglary tools. One of the managers of P.F. Chang restaurant across the Nostrum store explained what he saw. I probably saw 50 to 80 people in light ski masks with crowbars and a bunch of weapons, he said. They were looting the Nordstrom. There was a mob of people, he continued. The police were flying in. It was like a scene of a movie. It was insane. Y'all called three. What about the other 77? Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Somebody said somebody doesn't have broke-ass people. If there's 80 people that is robbing a Nordstrom, Maybe it's not because they're broke. Maybe it's because of something else. Okay. That concludes this. I have tons of other stories I have on here. But I might, um, I'll probably do those tomorrow. I don't know. It's a whole lot happening this weekend. Um... A whole lot happened this weekend. A whole lot. <laughs> Long story short. Um, as y'all see, this time of year, desperate times calls for desperate measures. Um, the economy is going to go belly up. Long story short. But people can't afford what they used to be before. And I already told y'all on my Instagram account that people, um, that, that, that turkey cost $55 this year. So there's a lot of people out here who can't afford a turkey this Thanksgiving. Today's story is about the first Thanksgiving. When you want, you look at everything that's going on around you, looking at all these tragedies, looking at all these stories. And everybody was like, well, Thanksgiving was always like this. Let's correct this. Thanksgiving was like this, period, Pooh. Okay, the first Thanksgiving was a lot worse. So people have this illusion that because this holiday happened and they believe that the holiday season is supposed to be joyous and fun and celebratory, that Thanksgiving was based off peace. The first Thanksgiving was not peaceful. It's just like the birth of Jesus Christ. Everybody talk about the beautiful birth of Jesus Christ, but nobody talk about how disastrous it was. Nobody talk about all the women that lost their firstborn sons and all that jazz. So we're going to talk about the real true story behind Thanksgiving so you understand why it feels like there's always disaster surrounding Thanksgiving. And I'm not talking about the Black Friday disaster that some of you guys can easily avoid. I'm talking about a massacre on Thanksgiving. So sit back and relax, get you a drink, get you popcorn if you can digest it, 
we're going to talk about the worst Thanksgiving ever, which was the first Thanksgiving. This story Green going black real fast, but you know what it is. My tablet is dying. This story is from iloveancestry.com. And it says the real story of Thanksgiving, the story of the massacre of 1637. It says the real story of Thanksgiving explained by Susan Bates doesn't have quite the same fuzzy feelings associated with as the one where the Indians and pilgrims are all sitting down together at the big feast. We all need to learn the painful history of Thanksgiving so we do not live in the lies. Abraham Lincoln proclaimed the day of Thanksgiving in 1863. The federal government declared the last Thursday in November as the legal holiday of Thanksgiving in 1898. However, the meaning of Thanksgiving for Native Americans is filled with the painful history which has been covered up with the Pilgrims and Indian story. Most of us associate the holiday with happy pilgrims and Indians sitting down to a big feast. And they did, it did happen once. The story began in 1614 when a band of English explorers sailed home to England with a ship full of Patek's Indians bound for slavery. Just in case you guys didn't know, they enslaved Native Americans as well. They left behind smallpox, told you, which virtually wiped out those who had escaped. By the time the pilgrims arrived in Massachusetts Bay, they found only 11 Pawtuxet Indian and man named Squanto who had survived slavery in England and knew their language. He taught them to grow and he taught them to grow corn and to fish and negotiate a peace treaty between the pilgrims and the Wampanoag Nation. At the end of the first year, the pilgrims held a great, fear, un, great feast honoring Squanto and the Wampanoags. But as word spread in England about the paradise to be found in the New World, religious zealots called Puritans began arriving by the boatload. Finding no fence around the land, they considered it to be in the public domain. Joined by the other British settlers, they seized land, capturing strong young natives for slaves and killing the rest. But the Picot nation had not agreed to peace treaties Squanto had negotiated, and they fought back. The Picot War was one of the bloodiest Indian wars ever fought. In 1637, near present-day Groton, Connecticut, over 700 men, women, and children of the Picot tribe had gathered for their annual Green Corn Festival, which is our Thanksgiving celebration. In the pre-dawn hours, the sleeping Native Americans were surrounded by English, English and Dutch mercenaries who ordered them to come outside. Those who came out were shot or clubbed to death while the, they t- while, while the terrified women and children who huddled inside the longhouse were buried alive. The next day, John Winthrop, the governor of Massachusetts Bay Colony declared a day of Thanksgiving because 700 unarmed men, women, and children had been murdered. Y'all hear that bullshit? This holiday is based on the murder of 700 men and women, Native American men and women. America, we ain't shit. And when I say America, I'm talking about you know who ain't shit. Um, y'all enslaved my people too. So yeah. Cheered by their victories, the brave colonists and their Indian allies attacked village after village. Women and children over 14 were sold into slavery while the rest were murdered. Boats loaded with as many as 500 slaves regularly left the ports of New England. Bounty was paid for Indian scalps to encourage as many deaths as possible. Following a special successful raid against the Peacock, 
in what is now Stanford, Connecticut, the church announced a second day of Thanksgiving to celebrate victory over the heathen savages. Stuff like this pissed me off. The, the thing that also pissed me off is this so-called mayor, governor of Massachusetts. Who gave you that? The Native Americans told you you could be governor of Massachusetts with your raggedy ass? Girl. During the feasting, the hack of heads of natives were kicked through the streets like soccer balls. Y'all ain't shit for real. Even the friendly Wampanoag did not escape the madness. Their chief was beheaded and his head impaled on a pole in Plymouth, Massachusetts, where it remained on display for 24 years. They became, became more and more frenzied with days of Thanksgiving feasts being held after each successful massacre. George Washington finally suggests the only day, only one day of Thanksgiving per year be set aside instead of celebrating each and every massacre. Mm. How generous are you, Mr. I like snatching teeth out of people's mouth and making my own dentures. <sighs> Later, Abraham Lincoln decreed Thanksgiving Day to be a legal national holiday during the Civil War. On the same day, he ordered troops to march against the starving Sioux in Minnesota. The story doesn't have quite the same fuzzy feeling associated with it as one where the Indians and pilgrims are sitting down together at the big feast, but we need to learn our true history so it won't be ever repeated. Eh. That concludes today's story about the true history of Thanksgiving. <laughs> I realized this and it was crazy to me because you can hear me being on my like mouse trying to get my thing to work or something like that. Um, but it was weird that it started acting weird while I was talking about this. I'm going to talk about this real quick. Um Because the article ended with we should be thankful and blessed. But that's not what the Native Americans remember when it comes to their Thanksgiving. Um, when it comes to Thanksgiving, matter of fact, it's probably a painful, painful reminder of the massacre that Native American tribes have been through. It's just like somebody celebrating a certain day and they're, and they're celebrating a certain day because it seemed like the only tragedy y'all want to acknowledge is the Holocaust. So let's just say that somebody decided to celebrate the Holocaust and name it another holiday of the murder of 6 million Jews. That's what it's like. It's celebrating the murder of group of Native Americans who were savagely murdered and they did it all in the name of Jesus, girl. So that is what it's like celebrating Thanksgiving for the Native Americans. It's not such a happy, fuzzy feeling like the article says. It's more of a reminder of what this nation and the atrocity this nation has put on a group of people just because they're different. It makes me see that different angle. I mean, I'm. it makes me see Thanksgiving as different. Um, granted, we don't really celebrate Thanksgiving. We just sit at a table and eat dressing. But I remember when I was little, I always wanted to know, you know, why we never did Thanksgiving plays or why we never did plays or something because you always watch movies and they always had movies where they did Thanksgiving plays. I'm glad I didn't go to schools 
that fed into that foolishness, even though I ain't gonna lie, where I'm from is a very like highly white populated area. But I will say they did not do Thanksgiving plays at my school. Now, I always wonder why, and I'm happy we didn't do it because there's nothing to celebrate about Thanksgiving. If anything, it should be a day of remembrance of those lives that were lost during this massacre. And remembered. And they all did it in the name of Jesus. With that being said, I hope you guys have a lovely Thanksgiving. <laughs> I hope y'all remember what Thanksgiving is about, really, honest and truly. Um, that the first Thanksgiving was a massacre. And so when you see all these bad things happen, understand that the spirit of Thanksgiving was never a holy thing, never a holy thing to begin with. It was always demonic around this time of year, girl. With that being said, I hope you guys see this as a day of remembrance of those lives that were lost on Thanksgiving. Thank you guys for listening to my podcast. I hope you guys have a lovely Thanksgiving. Um, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back on Friday with something special. Got a little something, something for y'all. And no, it's not negative. Okay, wait, it has some negative, but it's fictional work, y'all. I want to introduce y'all to some of my stories I wrote, honey. Mm-hmm. So, y'all, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. These walls are thin. Just know that people always find out what you're doing in the dark, especially on Thanksgiving. Y'all have a nice day. Y'all have a nice Thanksgiving. Um, don't eat too much. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, you might be eating the same thing for Christmas. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to my podcast. I am like a so outie.